When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're live. What's going on, everybody? Great to see all the beautiful people out there in chat. What's up? Happy Valentine's Day. You know what? I was I mentioned this a couple of times in uh um in Catfish Weekly. I did not get any bacon roses, Danny. Oh my god, are you not serious? a single bacon rose. Man, so I can't, oh man, I can't believe that. I, I, I think I'm gonna I'm not going to go make, I'm not making my wife coffee tomorrow. I think I need to draw the line somewhere. It, it could, it could mean bad things for me for quite some time if I don't, but I think we're going to have to follow through that. I got to put my foot down. Well, so, I, want you, I want you to think real hard though. I'm, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep on it before I make that decision. You notice I was going to wait until tomorrow before I made that decision. Cause if your wife is like my wife, there could possibly be, I'm not saying it is, but possibly something that you did. Cause they don't tell you. They don't tell you that you did something wrong. They, they just deprive you of the bacon, and then when you make a big deal about it, you open up a door that you do not want to open. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely do. Welcome to the Catfish and Crappie Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Tonight I have a great guest, Mr. Danny Stone himself. Great fisherman from the state of Missouri, right, Danny? You're not in Absolutely. A- Absolutely. The great state of Missouri. I know that uh, there's a few people. Oh, there's Eric Massey, Jig Company. What's going on, Eric? How you doing, bud? Another great Missourian. We got a lot of Missouri natives in here. How do you feel about that? I love it. I love it. Hey, uh, man, we've got, we've got uh, all the states are great states, you know, but. Uh, are you I a politician, Danny? Because <laughs> there's some people out there that would disagree with you, definitely. All the states are great states. Y'all get over it. We're all in this together. I just saw Muddy. Shout out to Muddy Waters Bait and Tackle. Thanks for coming in. You know, they play our show in their bait shop sometimes. Really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. That was uh, one of the highlights of my uh, fishing uh, media career. We'll call it that because there's a professional angler out there in the chat, and I do not want to offend them. Because I saw what could happen in one of these live streams when somebody came on with the name Professional Angler and upset uh, Mr. John Parker. <laughs> I can understand why. Now, now Mark, I'm going to give you the opportunity. Because I do this with anybody that's around me. I'm going to give you a chance. You're going to have to think of a safe word that you may need. <laughs> so you got a couple of safe words. We're going to use the, and those those who know will know, the safe word for tonight is going to be pineapple. Okay. Well, now, why would I need the safe word pineapple, Danny? I don't know, because here's the thing. Uh, the safe word is not really for you. Um, it, it's just to me to see how many times I can make you say it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so we're calling this a drinking game, are we? Boom! Mm. <laughs> In that case, we're gonna make the we're gonna change it from pineapple. We're gonna make it bullhead because I know that uh, Spencer over at River Certified Rumor has it that every time somebody says bullhead on a show, they drink beer, and I kind of like that game. 
Okay, guys. Safe word tonight is bullhead. It's bullhead. That's uh, <laughs> look at this. Josh is posting yeah. pineapples up there. I want to see a bullhead emoji if there is one. Now that'll okay, impress yeah. me. But my goal tonight is to make Mark say bullhead as much as I possibly can. <laughs> uh oh, it's going to be a long night. Cheers. Uh, look at this. Everybody's cleaning. You might say, gee, this is a huge mistake. Okay, we're going to end it right here. <laughs> no, we, we got to make this last until until 9 o'clock my time. We'll get there. I have right. no problem whatsoever. I got a lot to talk to you about. Uh, so uh, um, I got my tournament coming up, Danny. I want to yeah. bring, bring that to everybody's attention. I'm going to give them a real uh, high level. I've gotten a bunch of questions, a bunch of questions. So I'm going to give everybody a real high level uh, um, outline of what's going on. Basically, there's going to be 16 competitors. Two of those competitors is going to be Brian B. and Creole Catfishing. Uh, they're getting buys because they were the two finalists in the last one. So we're going to pick 14 names at random. Now, so far, I got 27 people entered in. If you want to enter, I repeat, it's still not too late. You got until uh, this Friday to uh, get entered. You can just email me your name. Uh, if you have a channel, your channel name. Uh, please include the URL. Save me a little bit of work. If you have a logo, send the logo to, to that email, 1V1, that's the number 1, the letter V, the number 1, at catfishandcrappie.com, and you'll get entered to the pool of selections. All that I ask is that you are there next Monday to be picked. Now, what will happen is uh, have your phone ready, have ready to come on, and make your pick if you do get selected. Uh at random. So I will pick somebody from that list. That person will go through the list and call somebody out. Those two people will be taken off the list. We'll run the, run the randomizer once again, and then we'll select the second pair until we have all, uh, all the spots taken up. Each pair of anglers will make up their own rules each time they fish. So let's say you go up against Chad, right, Danny? Oh, yeah. You and Chad got to get together, talk, be diplomatic, and come up with some rules outside of the standard rules that I put in place, which are pretty much common sense rules. So okay. the stuff like fair catch, number of rods, um, if, a, you know, if a fish is, this is one that's kind of, and we'll talk about this later. If a fish is gut hooked past the point of saving, I'd rather you harvest them fish than not. If an angler is hooked into a fish at the end of the, uh, at the end of the tournament, Obviously, we're going to let him uh, reel that fish in and the other angler um, uh, keep fishing until he does. So, uh, Uncle Lou in the house. Big shout out to Uncle Lou. And I see Lyle made it in here. What's going on, Lyle? And look, there's the professional catfish angler. He's from Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe? Yeah, no, he's had me confused. Uh, I've never heard of Zimbabwe. I've heard of Zimbabwe. That's okay. Maybe so. Maybe somebody out there in chat knows where that is. They can post a Google link to Zimbabween. Oh no, it might be in Alabama. It, it could be a glizzy, it could be land of glizzies because you know glizzy is a wiener, right? Sure. <laughs> we're going with it. I reached Danny. I'm sorry. I'm trying to make. No, it. we're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reaching everywhere. Mike Irvin in the house. If I didn't say hello, Mike, what's going on? How you doing? Wow, we got a lot of people who just came in here. The pressure's on, Danny. So those are the rules in a nutshell. We're going to do the selections on Monday. If you did enter your name to uh, uh, be in the pool of uh, selectees, I guess, of uh, uh, 
possible picks. Please be here next Monday, and uh, I will have the link in chat for you to come on, and when I call your name, you can come up and uh, uh, call your competitor out and then we'll go from there uh i do have a couple questions that i want you guys or one one question i wanted all the people that uh got in on a tournament so far and future oh look at this we got bullhead again in chat thanks bill <laughs> they're playing the safe word <laughs> if i'd have known i'd have put the cheap stuff in this glass it's gonna cost me some money um where was i going i forgot where i was see they threw me off my game they always you know, John Parker may be the professional angler, but I am not acting like the professional podcaster, that's for sure. Not at all. Oh, this is what I wanted the people that have their name in the uh in the pool of selectees or selectors or people to be selected, to be called out, whatever you want to call it. I'll think of something witty, not on the fly, hopefully during the week. Um Think about whether you want to do it over one weekend because it's going to take two days to get the 16 1v1s done. If we can do that on the first weekend, I'd be willing to do that. And then we'll have only two other events after that. I think uh, we'll be good to go. So uh, keep uh, keep that in mind. Yeah, I know, Mike Morello. How you doing, bud? He can't uh, understand why I didn't pick the word bacon as my safe word because everybody would kill me with that. They really right. I love everybody, everyone yeah. from it. All right, so let's – my attention goes to you now, Danny. Right. So, Danny, you're from Missouri. We established that already, right? Yes, sir. And you like to fish, correct? We know that for a fact. Nope. I love to fish. <laughs> I think there might be a few of us here tonight that uh, yeah. feel the same way. Yeah, we're doing 16 total. That includes you. Uh, Creole Catfishing has a question in chat. He says, Mark, did you ever decide how many opponents will be chosen? Yeah, we're going to do 16 total. That includes you and Brian. So there's there's going to be uh, eight 1v1s. Um, so four one day, four the next for the first round. And then obviously that'll get you know divided in half, and then we'll be able to get that done the next day. So that's how we're doing it that way. And we're going to select each time. Each time we have one, you're going to get to call somebody else out. So if you win your tournament, we'll add you to the randomizer for the next week, and and we'll uh, let you pick again. It's not going to so much be a bracket as it's going to be a call-out tournament. So we're going to do that. Hopefully that answers your question. Uh, Jeremy, if you have any other questions, feel free to uh, message me on Facebook, guys, or email or any of those, any of my social media, which all the links are below. All right, you're in Missouri, Danny. You like to fish. How'd you get started fishing? Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, man, I've been fishing all my life. I mean, since we were kids, uh, running barefoot, because we lived out in the country, and uh, we used to just walk down the creeks with cane poles uh, even before we were allowed to. We got a lot of whippings for sneaking off to the creek. You know, and it's just uh, progressed from there till modern times. I mean, uh, more knowledge, better equipment, and more time to fish, you know, and more availability. It's always fun. I know I always treated fishing like an adventure when I was a kid. You oh, know, yeah. there's something to break from the norm, all, you know, schoolwork or, or chores or whatever it was, or, or get away from my city folk friend. It was my chance to get away and have some fun, maybe spend some time with my grandfather. It was a good thing. Uh, Fishing Local 252 has a question. He says, how many slots are left? I'm going to have to address this one. Basically, um, there's 16 slots uh, total. Uh, what we're going to do is uh, we're well past that, and people that want to uh, 
um, get in on it. So we're going to use the random wheel, the randomizer, and we're going to pick names. And each name we pick gets to call somebody out from that list. Hopefully that made sense. Uh, 252, I appreciate you asking and showing interest. So, all right. And uh, you fish the Mississippi quite a bit from what I'm understanding, correct? As much as possible. It is my preferred location. Uh, the only way you will not catch me on the Mississippi is if it's flooded out, trashed out, where it's infishable. Then I'll go to one of the uh, the smaller uh, uh, rivers or streams around and fish those. But if the, if the Mississippi River is fishable, that's where you're going to find me. I mean, I have there is no second choice on that unless I'm forced to. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you do have a boat, correct, Danny? I, I have two John boats, but I haven't put them in the water in uh, close to two years. So uh, a lot of the boat anglers in chat and the ones listening on a podcast are going to be like, what in tarnation? Why wouldn't you put that boat on the water? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of reasons. Uh, for one, uh, I was a lot younger and, and, and better shape when I used to run those boats on the water because it was out of pure stupidity because these are low-sided John boats. And it's not a smart thing to do on the Mississippi River, trust me. But back then, uh, I was even dumber than I am now. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree with you. I had my first experience at Avid's meet and greet on the Mississippi River there in my boat. I got a little 16-foot Lund. Um, not yeah. as low side as a John boat, but still, it was. Uh, um, it, it definitely earned my respect. So uh, Yeah, it's, it, it's not something to play with. And, no, uh, it's not. And, All right. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Why and and point, point two. Uh, guys, nothing against the boat fishermen. Uh, man, I got a lot of respect for them and I look up to a lot of them, but I'm a bank fisherman because even when I was running my John boat, basically all it was was a taxi because I would use that John boat to go up the river and go to islands or points that people couldn't get to, uh, on foot or by vehicle. And I would find locations where there's a deep hole off of a point or off of an island that the only way you're going to get to that bank is with a boat. And I would pull that boat up there on that island. I'd tie it to a stump. I'd jump out of that boat, and I'd sit my rod holders up in the sand, and I'd, boom, I'd go at it. So even when I was running the boat, I, I never fished out of the boat. I just don't do it. Yeah, you were just hit the island. We do that here on the local river, too. We've done that. We got tired of walking our gear across the river. We yeah. would do that. We would definitely do that. We'd walk it. It's not the Mississippi. It's low water, but it would still, we got tired of getting wet, and we started bringing more and more gear, including, like, stuff like grills and coolers and stuff. A boat's yeah. nice for that, but but now you don't, do you, do you still do that? you still get those boats out there to? Ferry I'm going to I'm going to try to I'm going to be on a boat some this year, but I've actually got a good friend of mine, uh, Jeremy Holloway, who has a huge boat. I mean, this is no normal John boat. This thing is a monster, uh, and it's got double axle trader on it. This thing is huge, but his son's got it decked out for bow fishing because he gets in a lot of carp tournaments where they go out and they shoot carp with bow and they're mm -hmm. trying to cut down on the invasive carp. But he told me, he said, uh, you know, his son's not had as much chance to run that boat as he would like. And he wants the boat to be run because he put a lot of money in it. So he's offered to me to take that boat a lot on some trips and go out there on the river with it. So you'll probably see me do that a little bit this year. I look forward to, to seeing that. Some of those some some of those uh, boat fishing boats are pretty darn cool. They're all they're pretty decked out. I oh, don't man, see lights, rod holders, a big, huge uh, a platform in front for shooting car. I mean, it's it's awesome. I mean, I'm no Mike Greenwell. Don't get me wrong. You're probably not going to see me out there bumping, but I'll probably anchor up in some spots and fish. 
There you go. There's nothing wrong. Well, do you have any dams out by you? No, we've got a few wing dikes, no dams. Yeah, I had my first experience with a wing dike. Can you explain to people that uh, don't fish uh, waters that have them what a wing dike is exactly? Well, it's it's, it's like you you build out the huge giant uh the what do they call those uh, the big rocks? That gummit. <laughs> but they got the huge granite rocks or or, or sandstone or whatever they line the bank with to keep it from eroding. But they'll build out a pile of them out there for uh, like the barges will pull up to it and they can uh, get out and shelter out of that current. But there's still an opening for them to pass through. And man, those are the hot spots for fish. If you don't believe me, you go watch Parker Pursuits and he'll show you. Yeah, Parker Pursuits is quite a bit. Like nobody else. Yeah, I saw an episode with the. Uh, um... I saw an episode of Catfish Crazy where they were fishing the wind dikes on the Missouri River. Uh, quitting over at Catfish Karma's always fishing those wing dikes. So that's the first place I went when I got my boat on there, and I learned a couple of lessons. Those wind dikes aren't a place to be messing with, that's for sure. No. Well, there were – here's the thing. I mean, I don't know uh, uh, from personal experience, but I've listened to you and I've listened to Lyle, and I'm thoroughly convinced that they're way worse on the Missouri River than they are on the Mississippi as far as the, the wing dikes. I, I haven't been fortunate enough to get on the uh, on the Missouri River yet. Notice I said yet. It's on my two fish list. Um, definitely, but I hear that uh, uh, that current over there is definitely something to be respected, uh, yeah. which is cool. It kind of adds. Remember I mentioned that when I was a kid, it was all an invention was an adventure to me, yeah. and it still is to this day. Well, I know I've heard you and Lyle talk about it in previous uh, podcasts or pre- other shows about the, the, the Missouri versus the Mississippi. And I asked the question one time, uh, which one's more dangerous? And it was hands down. Everybody that had any experience in the Missouri River said hands down the Missouri River is way more dangerous than the Mississippi. Keep that in mind. With with that in mind, the Mississippi, uh, that, that old girl there ain't nobody to play with. You, you ain't kidding. I had, I had 16 ounces of lead. Pretty much jet skiing behind my boat when I was yeah. trying to get him down. It was ridiculous. I was trying to fish right to the outside and behind a, um, an abandoned barge over there down by the Kaskaskia yeah. River right on the Mississippi. And uh, there there was no getting that weight down there. I would, definitely was there not prepared. Um, another experience I had when I was out there is I saw this tree pretty much smack dab in the well pretty close to the middle of the river. Yeah. And I was like, well we're gonna get behind this this tree, get a little shelter. You know, there's gonna it, it's it's structure. Um there's gonna be fish hiding behind there. This tree was literally like 30 feet, 40 feet above the water. I get behind it my uh um my fish finder was showing 60 feet of depth behind this tree. So while I'm back behind there, I get caught up in a whirlpool. It turned me around twice around my yeah. trailer, and I was that was enough for me. I'm like, okay, we're going back into the cast, and and I kind of learned my lesson that way. So we kind of well, see. I used to think those were fun. Then I got older and slower and sore, and they're not fun anymore. <laughs> we used to run through the whirlpools just for fun of it because we were really stupid. <laughs> it seems like the the closer you get to to death and age, you know, to the end yeah. of end of your days on earth the less you want to get there quickly when you're young you ain't thinking about it you don't really yeah. i mean there were people on the shore one day watching us me and a, an old boy named ronnie roberts and we had uh my little 14 foot john boat out there with his uh nine horse yamaha on it 
And they saw us out there zigzagging, and they're like, what are those idiots doing? They finally figured out we were chasing the whirlpools and running through them. And it would spin that boat around, and then they'd turn you loose, and you'd go for another one. I wouldn't do that now for a million dollars. Local Mike is make, calling me names in chat. I don't appreciate that, Mike. <laughs> These people. Well, I would say get even with him, but he's on so late, we're usually asleep by then. This is true. Well, we may we may take a uh, we may stop in there and give him some grief tonight. So yeah. Oh, I got something I gotta get out the way real quick. Absolutely. J Dog, I miss you, and you're my hero, buddy. There, I'm good. J Dog's a man. You know, I tried to have him on my show, and he turned me down. He says I'd rather be on the bait shop. Are you serious? Well, we kind of booked the same week on accident. Well, Chad yeah. asked him first. That's kind of the backstory. But I'm going to give, keep giving him some trouble. I should be getting a whole heck of a lot of text from him here in a second. <laughs> He's a good dude. Well, Jay Doug's a good guy. The, the whole Kentucky slash Ohio crew is good people. Yeah, I'm not going to pick on Jay Dog for two reasons. One, because I love him like a brother. Absolutely do. Uh, two, um, if you make Jay Dog bad, he's vicious. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he goes to town with his uh, uh, editing, video editing skills, doesn't he? Yeah, we ain't going down that road again. <laughs> no, we're not going down that road. Learn my lesson. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, the thumbnail of this, I'm sure everybody, well, if you haven't seen the picture, I'm sure there's people in chat and uh, um, and I'm sure the people in podcast land, they, they can't see the picture, but why don't you explain to them what's in that picture with you? Oh, the, the, you talk about the piebald? The piebald catfish. The piebald. Now, you guys have to refer to that as the Amy Evans catfish. Okay? But piebalds, here's the thing. Um, I don't know what it is about. I don't know if, if those things, uh, if you know, you've ever seen like certain species of fish, you can only find them in certain areas or, 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 or certain characteristics. Where I fish at, those things, I mean, they're, they're, they're extremely rare. But I catch them quite often, and, and I've caught more of them where I fish at, right there around New Madrid, than any other part of the Mississippi Rivers. For some reason, it seems like they're concentrated in there. I don't know yeah. if the genetics are just uh, – I, I don't know enough about catfish. I'd have to talk to Tim Scott about it. But yeah, or, or Rockery would know a lot too. Maybe we should ask him about it. But there's no mistake in that fish for any other ones because of that. There's literally – let me describe this to you. It's what, like a 19-pounder, if I remember correctly? was 16.98 16.98 my bad zero two away from being 17 pounds i was going chunky style on that one so i'm glad I'll, i didn't I'll go light. It. i'll take it <laughs> but it's a uh it is a blue cat correct yes it is a blue cat and that, it's uh, like it's like pale white as can be with some absolutely. dark gray almost blue color that color has been called blue before expression like some yeah. breeds of dogs and stuff and what does it have on the back of its head that makes it so so unique it, it has a perfect question mark on there and you know it, it, and we've allowed people you can call it a question mark you can call it a hook hogleg was on my live with me uh uh when i caught it and thank god because man he just added to it was so hilarious with him commenting on that fish, because he got a coat hanger on his head. You know, I almost fell out when he said that, because I was thankful that Hogleg was there. But these fish, and I want to talk more about them, because I, I do know a little bit about piebalds. Um, what I'm saying is, I, ca I caught a lot of them in that area, and I fished other parts of the river and never caught them. But there's a certain section of that river where you just catch them on a regular basis. And when I say a regular basis, 
uh, I've caught 17 of them in the past 11 years. The the first one I ever saw, okay, and I've got pictures of this, and I'm going to post it sometime because there's also a lesson to be learned in it. The first time I ever saw a pie ball, I took my, my wife fishing for the first time. We went first time we went fishing together. It was the first time she had been in at the Mississippi River. And on her very first cast, she caught a huge piebald catfish. And when she reeled that thing up, she started screaming. And there was an old couple camping down the river. And they thought I was killing her. And they come running down there. And they saw the fish. And they started screaming. And that was the first time I saw one. Well, we've caught 16 more of them over the past 11 years. I was just going to ask you how many of them you had. Yeah, we've caught, we've caught 17 of them total counting hers. I just brought the picture up so people, because it'll cut off the audio if I uh, take us off to show the, the background. So I figured that's, I'd that's you know. fine. I mean, you can see it. That is the color of that fish. He is snow white. He is white as the driven snow. And there are pitch black markings on them. And the, every one of them you get is unique because they'll all have different markings. It's just, you know, it's, it's like a piebald deer if you've ever seen them. And uh, some people refer to it as a koi cat because it looks like a koi fish. That's what. That's the first thing that comes to mind every time I see one of them. Is yeah. uh, they look really cool. And I mean, a koi would have nothing on that fish, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, absolutely not. And I mean, there's. I'm sure that people correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I've been told by a conservation agent that other than a piebald flathead, other than a piebald flathead. The piebald blue cat is the rarest fish in the Mississippi River, even more than the albino. The rarest fish, without a doubt, is a piebald flathead. I've never caught one of them, but I'm working on it. You're working on it? I'm working on it. You seem to got the market cornered on the piebald blues, which is a cool thing. I didn't realize you caught that many of them. I know in your live stream you said that. And uh, uh, what tickled me about that live stream that uh, uh, you caught that on is uh, you caught it and you knew right away what you had. You didn't even flinch. You kind of left it lay there on the on the on the on the side, kind of off camera a little bit. And you came up and you talked it up. It, it was very. I've seen, I've seen them quite a bit of times. I've seen them quite a few times. Quite a few times. But I want to educate people about the piebald and the albinos because the same situation. I do know about these. I've caught them enough, and I've talked to enough uh, biologists and people about them. Because when the first one we caught, we really got into it, and we called up Cape Girado, Missouri, at, at the uh, conservation department headquarters, and we talked to them about it, and they really gave me a lot of information. Uh, the one my wife caught, you guys don't kill me, because it was way, I mean, it was it was 11 years ago, and we're going to talk about this a little about catch and release and all that, but we used to keep all of our fish, and we did keep that piebald that she caught, but what we wanted to do with it was, we were going to take it home, put it in the freezer, and... Uh, have a mold made of or get a get a amount of that fish mm-hmm. because it was our first fish she ever caught in Mississippi River it was a pie ball and she caught it on her first cast so yes we did take that fish home and uh put him in the freezer okay uh hindsight now we both have talked about it and she she said she said I wish we'd let that fish go and I said yeah you know I, I do too but the pie balls let me tell you guys if you ever get fortunate enough to catch one all right if you're gonna keep it I mean, that's your fish, no doubt. You're allowed to. If you're going to release that fish, please listen to me here. If you're going to release that fish, get him back in the water as fast as possible. Because with that light, pale skin, they cannot handle the sunlight. If you look and watch the video, 
you'll actually see that that one was starting to turn pink. That happens in minutes, minutes. They will turn blood red. They get sunburned from just a little bit of light. Yeah, you had mentioned that during the live stream, and I meant that's on my list of questions to ask you is exactly why that happens, but that answers the question, and you can see it. And and what's the name of the video that you have that on right there? Danimal's asking about that. Yeah, they are extremely sensitive to light. If you catch one and you intend to release it, hurry up, get your pictures, get your weight, get it back in the water as fast. I mean, it's imperative. You've got to get it back in there because they sunburn like a human being, but they do it. It's unbelievable how fast they start sunburning. I mean, you look and see how long I had that fish out of the water, and he's already getting pink blotches on him. His tail was turning pink. It happens really quick, and it's not good for the fish. So you need to get them back in the water quick. I mean, you can see it happening while it's in your arms. Yes. I mean, like right in front of your face, it's happening. Yeah. And I said, I am going to eventually, uh, I've got a bunch of pictures of piebalds uh, that I've never posted for the simple fact that, that uh, we did keep those fish. We were we were stupid back then. You guys had to cut me some slack. I'm educated now. And there's things back then that I didn't know. I'm way smarter now. I'm all about CPR. I didn't used to be. I didn't used to be. Forgive me for being a sinner. But We're I talking about like gonna, take it easy here for a second. We're not going to hang you out to dry. Okay. Well, I will post those pictures, but the one the one that I want you to see, and I want you when I do post it, is the one that uh, the catfish that my wife caught. Because when I post them, I'm going to post two pics. I'm going to post the pitch of when she first pulled out of the water, and it's beautiful. I mean, it's almost glowing in the camera light because it's so white. Fifteen minutes later, that fish looked like you'd skinned it. He was red as a beet all over. I mean, it just destroyed that fish, took the beauty right out of him. In 15 minutes, it did it. Uh, Sean is asking, uh, piebald catfish primarily in the Mississippi, are they primarily in the Mississippi River system? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I, I'm sure there are in other places. Uh, that's the only place I've ever caught them. Um, but yo, yo, piebald—it's a genetic trait that can that can appear anywhere. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised one of these days that Has or Chunky or Brian B are going to pull up one. And, and I tell you what, I want to see it when they do because those guys are really going to freak out the first time they see one. They're amazing. They are absolutely amazing fish. Look at this. Uh, Joshua, the weekend angler, says they sunburn that quickly? Question mark. I yes. learned something tonight. I learned that Chadwick Fields is a piebald. Yes. <laughs> watch my video uh, of that. You know, I'm not trying to get people to go watch my channel. I'm trying to educate you. Go watch that piebald video, the short clip that I made of it, so you ain't got to struggle through the whole thing. You can literally see that fish has changed color within a, within a matter of minutes. They sunburn that quick. They are extremely sensitive to light, extremely sensitive. It really is, folks. If you're listening to this on the podcast, I do have Danny's link in the description. Go over there, check out his videos, take a look at that fish. If you like what you see, make sure you give him a sub, help him uh, uh, get a subscriber count 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 up as well. And I, I guarantee you, Danny will keep you uh, entertained. So. 
So let's get the the usual questions out of the way that everybody likes to know about because people like to hear big fish stories. Fire away. All right. What's your biggest channel cat, Danny? My biggest channel cat, without a doubt, because I put scales on him, was 19 and three-quarter pounds. And he didn't come out of Mississippi real close to where I caught that pie ball. That's a good channel cat. That'll make me happy all day long. Yep. If I caught nothing but 19-pound channel cats the rest of my day, I'll be a happy man. It took me forever to figure out that it wasn't a blue cat. I mean, because that thing was, I mean, it, a 19-pound channel cat, I mean, they look monstrous, but they're real long, you know. He was unbelievably long. And, and they look kind of freakish, don't they? Yeah, some of their heads are, like, blown up big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then, the, like, their jaws and their lips get all kind of, like, swollen yeah, and up from exactly. feeding so hard. And, and, you know, I'm still wanting to, I'm wanting to get with Tim Scott and ask him what is the deal with that, because, I had an old man tell me, he said, when you see the ones like that, he, one guy told me it's the males, another guy told me it's the females, and it's uh, they get like that, you know, maybe a month or so before uh, uh, the spawn happens, if their heads swell up. I don't know that to be a fact. This is what I've been told from old-timers on the bank, but you know how the stories are from the old-timers. No, it's the truth. The males, the males before spawn, they'll get those two pronounced humps on the top of their skull, yeah. and, and, and they look like they are jacked up on steroids sometimes. I know, it's like a deer's neck swelling up, you know, yeah. during, the, during the rut. They, 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 get all, they get all worked up, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're talking like this on Valentine's Day, too. Happy Valentine's Day again to everybody out in chat. So talking about the spawn and stuff. All right, so how about the big blue? The big blue, now here's the thing. Uh, before the one I caught this past year, my Wade actual measured weight of big blue was 68 pounds was my pb now that fish that i caught uh this past season okay uh i'm gonna admit i was really excited when i caught that fish and i was holding that fish and i'm thinking this is my pb this is my pb and we put those scales on him they were cheap scales they broke we did not have weight on that fish and because i was like i said i've learned to be conservative and cpr uh, I was there thinking, man, I've got to get a weight on this fish. I've got to get a weight on this fish. There's no way possible I was going to get a weight on that fish and that fish survived. So I, at that point, it was getting back in the water. So, And I've looked at some of the other people's uh, fish that they've had on their channels, and I've kind of eyeballed and compared the size. And I think maybe I was just really excited and, uh, and that I saw that fish a little bigger than he was. So I'm going to go – I'm going to knock that fish off the board. And I'm going to go back to my PB blue is 68 because I know I got a scale on him. That fish there, we'll never know because he's swimming somewhere free in the Mississippi River. I, I can definitely relate to that because uh, it's been so long since I caught my PB uh, crappie that I said, you know what? We're starting from scratch. I mean, yeah. I'm sitting here at my desk here talking to you. And I even went out and I got, I want to thank the person who got this for me, but I even got a scale just for the event. Yeah. So it's a little more sensitive than than my catfish scale, but we're we're gonna chase a PB uh, uh, crappie this year. So, uh, uh, Josh, the weekend angler has another question for you. He says, "Danny, are you going to the lake with shall not be named this year?" I am not a lake fisherman. Uh, I'm nothing against lakes. I suck at fishing lakes. If it don't have current in it, you're not gonna find Danny on it. Danny does not fish lakes because I I don't know how I. I fished rivers all my life. So as far as a lake fisherman, uh, man, I'm useless. Uh, I can go out there and throw out a spot and maybe catch a catfish. But in that case, it's pure luck. On the river, 
uh, I fished that river for over 40 years now. Um, I know where the prime spots are. I know where the fish uh, or the spots are where I've caught fish all my life. I know where the deep holes are and uh, the current seams. I know all about that. And, and I can look at the river and read that river and, and know just from uh, looking at the surface of it, how the water's flowing, if it's shallow, if it's deep, and I can fish that. A lake, I am an idiot. I have no knowledge at all. So lake fishing is out for me. I don't do lake fishing at all i'm kind of the same way i don't spend much time catfishing on lakes um no. oh look at this we got catfish weekly with the five dollar super chat thank you lyle i appreciate it let me highlight that one there lyle you're awesome you're a good man i appreciate it we're calling them super chat sizzles in honor of bacon from now on people so get you know what we're going to talk about lost stokes too or right, we'll get him on there you know i like to talk about lyle especially when he can't defend himself no, that cotton picker, I'm going to tell you something. I, like I said, I have fished this river for 40-plus years, and there's been times that I've uh, crawled through briar patches and, and, and climbed over rocks and, and climbed down through fallen trees and, and log piles and get to a spot, and you get there, and there'll be a big rock that had graffiti on it that says, Lyle Stokes was here. <laughs> really? That's interesting. Well, you know, I, I'm joking, but seriously, every time I find a spot on the river, and I start videoing it, Lyle goes, I know that spot. I know that spot. I know that spot. And I'm like, good God, Lyle. I said, it, it, it amazes me. And there's no telling how many times that I was fishing within 100 yards of Lyle Stokes over the, over the years and never even knew it. You know, because I know exactly, he knows exactly where I fish. He, he, he's described it to me over the phone. He gets, okay, there's a point coming off an island right there. And you turn the bend and it splits off there. And I said, man, come on. And he'll describe where you're fishing to you over the phone. He, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he's got a real good memory when it comes to fishing spots, most definitely. I know when I, I spent some time with him in, in Wisconsin last year, he went right to where he wanted to get get on the fish. Where And he hadn't been there in years and years and years. He went back to that same spot and he put fish on the boat. So. Uh, if, if I'm fishing with Law, which I hope to in the next couple of months here, I'm going to let him point point the direction. I'm sure he'll put us on some fish. If he doesn't, I got my own platform to call him out on it. So, Lyle, the pressure is on, buddy. There you go. We got another sizzling super chat from Mike's Fishing Home. He says he's matching Lyle's super chat. Thank well, you so yeah. much. I appreciate it, Mike. What's going on? He's just making up for calling me old in the chat. <laughs> Creole's wanting me to come down there to his territory and get away from Lyle. Well, Creole, I would love to come down and fish with you, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret. One of my dreams right now is to go to the Mississippi River someday and look up and see Lyle Stokes there and realize that it's Lyle and give him a shout and maybe get to fish with him. My, you know, there's a lot you of know, All you got to do is tell him where you All you got to do is invite him. He'll show up. Yeah. And. You know, I, I, all I got to do is tell him, said, okay, you know where the grain bins are? That one tree that's shaped like a, a an S and the log behind it there? Let's meet right there. And Law goes, I know where that's at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, yeah let, let's not give away spots too specifically. Law knows where they're at. He does. He absolutely does. And Creole, if he comes down there to fish with you, I may be heading down there too. Because I'm telling you what, Danny, I'm getting tired of this snow and ice up here. Oh, I'm right. not going to lie. Well, I'm not going to tell you it's warm. I mean, it, we've had cold days here. And even when I caught the pie ball, if you look at the video, I'm standing on uh, frozen ice on the bank. 
there was somebody asked me, he said, that's the whitest sand I've ever seen. I didn't think they had sand like the Mississippi River. I said, that's not sand. <laughs> well, I've been stuck in that Mississippi mud up to my knees, and, and it's oh. not, it is not sand, I'll guarantee you. Thank yeah. you for the sizzling super chat, Fish and Freedom. Richard, he says he's matching Mike's super chat. Thank you, bud. There you I go. Appreciate it. Yeah, all you got to do is ask Lyle. He'll meet you wherever you want to go. If he can make it out there, he'll be more than happy. And LG Bass, look at this, with another <laughs> $5 super chat. And he goes, sizzle, sizzle, sizzle. I think yeah. we got a hit here. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I enjoy most, I mean, I go I go fishing the river. If I've got a free minute and I'm able to get there, you're going to find me on the river. I mean, to the point that I'm never at home. I'm either at work or I'm on the river. You know, I got nothing against lakes. I like lakes. I like reservoirs. Yeah. But I have a place in my heart that's near and dear to rivers. I grew up fishing the Displains River or even before that, the Kankakee River with my grandfather. Then when I fished the Displains River, um, my parents were fortunate enough to uh, um, get a hold of a piece of property on the tip of Canoe River in central Indiana fish that and now i live out here near the fox river i do a lot of fishing there and uh hopefully we'll we'll fish a bunch of rivers everything from the potomac to the james and work work my way uh west through the tennessee back on the mississippi back on, or get on to the missouri I, I got a whole list of them and never yeah, and see if they look back if they look back i did not say that lakes suck i said i suck at lake fishing okay i, I hear so i'd be that. lost too I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grill or even take my buddy Ryan over at Setting Hooks and Crossing Eyes over on Instagram. Uh, he does pretty good on one of these lakes with him and uh, uh, a friend of his, uh, Robert. I know him. He's an acquaintance of me, but uh, I'm sure we'll be, become fast friends once we meet. But we're going to – he's going to show me how to get on some of them uh, – um, lake flatheads. So leading up to that, let's talk about your flathead PB. And thank you, man. Want to be outdoors? He says another $5 super chat for my bacon flowers. Thank you. Okay. My biggest flathead, okay, again, I, I didn't have a scale. I, I didn't have a scale at all that day. So I do not have a weight on that fish. But the very first video that I ever posted on YouTube was four years ago. And it was a flathead that I, I had an Asian carp jump in the boat while I was going. I had my little John boat going up the river like I talked about before. And I went to this island. Now. That island that I was going to is directly uh, in front of me where I was sitting when I caught the pie bulb. I was looking at that island. I took my John boat up the river. I pulled up on that island. I tied the boat up, and I took this carp that jumped in the boat. I'd never used carp before. I cut a chunk off of it, uh, about half the size of a nine-inch dinner plate. I mean, it was a huge chunk. And I thought, man, I'm going to throw my biggest rod out there just for the heck of it. And then I'll throw bank my other rods up like a normal human being. And I threw that rod out there and, be, and put it in the rod holder and turned around. And before that hit bottom, the drag started peeling on it. And, man, it took off. And if you want to see the fight of that fish, it's the very first video that I put on YouTube four years ago. It's Danny Stone versus Big Flathead. I didn't have a scale with me. But you look at the fish, how I'm holding it up. And you know what? Make it whatever weight you want it to be. You can make it anywhere from ten to or 2 to 30 pounds. I don't care. I caught the fish. I love the fish. And there it is. I didn't have a skill, but that is my biggest flathead. Don't know what it weighs. That's a great. That's definitely. Oh, we're getting a little bit of feedback here. Let's see what's going on. Uncle Lou says Danny's in the hottest place in the in the county in the summer. 
I didn't think I was coming out of that area alive. Yeah, I hear a lot of that. You know, my wife lived in Missouri a good part of her life. So, uh, and she had a lot to say about the heat in Missouri. I got another friend that lives out towards Lyle too. And you, and Lyle's always bragging about his 70 degree days in December. I'm like, no. Hey, ask Lyle about Carothersville, Missouri, uh, upstream from the casino boat. Cause I know he's been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We set out there. That's another reason I won't sit in a boat. I get on the bank and I, I'll set my rods out and I'll go crawl up underneath the willow trees where the shade is and watch them rods from the shade. You do not want to be sitting in a boat without a canopy over you or something, man. You will fry like, what's the word? Bacon. Bacon. That's right. You ain't kidding. And, you know, Fat Boy Eric's saying is, Mark, have you been to uh, Hoover Reservoir? Yeah, my monster eight-pound PV blue cat came from Hoover. Little little information for, for Eric there. Um, Yeah, the oh, look at this. Another sizzling super chat from, oh, John Parker. John Parker. Real-time catfish and the professional angler. <laughs> this won't burn the bacon. That's another guy I want to fish with. I want John Parker to come to my neck of the woods if he could. If it's a, if I could make it happen, I would love to have John Parker sit beside me because we're going to bust that myth, I promise you, where people I'm say – I'm sure he'd give me some lessons too because he is a professional angler. Well, I'm, I'll tell you what. You know, I've, I've heard people say – you know, we went fishing with John Parker and so-and-so caught fish and so-and-so caught fish. It was John Parker's turn, and then nobody caught nothing after that. John Parker, listen to me and look at me in my eyes right now. That won't happen when you come up here. I promise <laughs> you. I'm going to put you on fish, brother. They may not be monsters, but you'll catch fish like that. Guarantee it. You get on some pretty good fish, so. I mean, there's a lot of guys out that are looking just for the big monster ones, but if you're putting, you know, Twenties uh, and 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 up. You're that's a good day of fishing. I don't oh, care. Absolutely. Who you was it last weekend when your wife let you out for a couple hours to fish and said you got to be home, Danny Stone. Yeah, I got you, three right there in two and a half hours. There were some three channels, right? Yeah, and uh, here's my thing. Too. I can watch. Uh, I can watch people's live streams, and then go out there and and be like skunked again, skunked again, skunked again. I can go to those spots and, uh, hey, a little two-pound channel cat, you know what it does? It saves me from that skunk. That's right. I'll do I that. know exactly where to go to get them. No skunks. Outside of just, like, targeting. And thank you, Creel, for another sizzling super chat. He says, bullhead, bacon, 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 lots of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Big oh. Mike in the house. What's going on, Big Mike? Uh, I appreciate you, everybody, and all your support. Um, let me see about uh, now, now your last live stream, you had mentioned the, uh, that area you're in. Um, what I noticed right away is there's two, two small, well, those, what you called creeks that come into the river there. I, I don't know what to call them, but they're tributaries where people say, we're going to explain that a little bit better. Cause I actually, uh, gave some misleading information there. Uh, the one, when you're, when I'm standing there looking on the left of the video, the one coming down is a tributary that comes off of a spillway dam that they, uh, whenever the farmer fields start flooding, they open. Okay. They, got, they got five little gates on a spillway and they open that up. They stay open all the time anyway. Normally, you know, one or two of the gates stay open constantly, but when it starts getting heavy water, they'll open up all five gates. That is an actual tributary that goes way up north. Now, the one in the middle, or, or you go back to the right. That is not actually a tributary. It goes up, and it goes around that that piece of land out there, and it connects back to the Mississippi River. 
So it's actually just where the river goes around that island and connects back to it. Okay. Okay. So, and then you, those both come back together. And when they come back together, then they dump immediately into the Mississippi River. And there's a beautiful current seam there with a hole. I don't know how deep it is. Me and Richard Cluck have thrown five-ounce baits out there, or five-ounce sinkers, and counted to pass 10 before it hit bottom. Really? So somebody do the math on that. Uh, we're guessing that hole to be uh, probably around 80 feet deep would be a guess. It's deep. Can you feel, feel a steep ledge or a, a long ledge when you're bringing your baits back in? There's two long ledges out there. There's two drop-offs. And the reason I know this for a fact, because Lee Evans asked me this question, whenever the last time Fishing and Freedom was down there fishing with me, and he was sitting up there in that spot, because I don't know if he'd ever been there or not before, but my son said, all right, you go out about 30 feet, and there's a drop-off. It's about six foot, a, a drop-off. Then you go out about another 40 feet, and it drops off 12 foot. And Lee Evans was going, how in the world would you know that without a boat and sonar and all that? Let me tell you why. Because in the hottest part of summer, when you've got a, a drought year, those two little creeks I showed you, creeks, they go dry. You can walk across that island. And you, I've, I've walked that and, and watched those contours over the years so many times that I know them like the back of my hand, even underwater. I can tell you exactly where they're at. Yeah, they change and alter a little bit. But the way that river cuts around that island, the main river, it slices into that bank and it drops off 12 foot deep right there, a slope. And if you if you see me catching those fish, you'll notice that uh, a lot of people don't like it when you just put down on them and you're pulling real hard and you're jerking that hook on it. If you don't do that right there and they dive down under that ledge, cut the line. You're not getting it back. So you yeah. got to get them up and get them over that ledge as quick as you can when you hook up. I got a couple. I got a couple spots. And that uh, guarantee fish, but you're not always guaranteed to get them out. That's the only. That's it. And that second ledge, or the very first ledge from the bank, then when it drops off six feet, okay, it kind of curves back in there. There's an undercut, and there's roots hanging down in there. That's where I catch a lot of flatheads when they start biting. Is Absolutely. right there. That's I was just say. I had you got my flathead fever going there. Just yeah. describe that place. Yeah. You'll hook up for, for every ten flatheads you hook you might get in four of them because they run straight for that undercut. There's roots hanging down. They know where to go. They live there, and that's where they head when they're hooked. And you will lose a lot of rigs, but you'll get some nice flatheads out of there, though. Look at this. J-Dog's trying to uh, get some intel out of you already. Don't answer this question. Keep it to yourself. So if you get selected, you might have a leg up. He says, who would Danny call out if he gets picked for the 1v1? Keep that to yourself, Danny. I haven't seen the list. I don't even know who's on it. I, I know some of the people that's on it, but I couldn't answer that question anyway because I would have to see the entire list, okay? I would have to see the list before I could answer that and question. And we will this Monday, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Catfish and Crappie channel. We'll do our call-outs there. We'll uh, download it also to a podcast. Hopefully we can keep you guys in podcast land uh, entertained as well. I appreciate you. Crappie Day Fish on for the $5. Sizzlin Super Chat. He says, two bullheads. Oh, my God. I'm starting to get lightheaded here. <laughs> Aren't you glad I put that safe word out there for you? You did. But Not you know what? Change it. They're at least throwing. They're at least throwing a. They're throwing a little something, something with that bullhead every time. So it kind of paid off for you. And the majority of the time, they don't just say bullhead. They're gonna throw a super chat bullhead at you. <laughs> and I like that. <laughs> I, I don't hurt me none either, Danny. Uh, 
I wanted another thing I wanted uh, to bring up uh, from what I saw at your last live stream is the amount of bait you had in that area. Oh God, it's a man. The the invasive carp is ridiculous, and I know I've discussed this with Lyle and Epic. And they talked about how the catfish are adapting uh, to the invasive carp as a food source, and uh, man, used to <clears throat> I was. Uh, a straight skipjack or shad guy. But uh, over the past six months, uh, throwing, uh, uh, catching that carp, snagging that carp, cutting up, throwing chunks out there, and getting fish after fish after fish. Uh, man, I tell you what, you're going to see a lot of me catching carp and right off the bank. You're going to see me catch the bait, cut it up, put it on the hook, and land a catfish. That's our thing we're going to do this year. Uh, yeah, I did. It did strike me odd. You snagged that one big old. Asian carp, like on the yeah. first cast, and then you got one right away on the second one too. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" They're stacked in there like lumber. Oh, Man, I can that. imagine that's got to be crazy. And I had my first experience when I was uh, down on the Mississippi out by the cast, and uh, I totally forgot about it because we don't have Asian carp up here. And when they jumped, they scared me half to death. I thought I was going to soil myself. I didn't. They're dangerous. Uh, I was riding with a buddy of mine named Jason Burge, and. uh he was in the back of the boat uh, running the motor, and I was in the front. And about a 40-pound carp come out of the water, and it nose-butted him right in the face. And, I mean, his face was pouring blood. It, it not knocked him out. He was, you know, he was out of it quite a bit, almost fell out of the boat. Those fish hit you, and they can hurt you. If they hit you in the face head-on. That's a hard, bony head. They can physically do damage to you. So they're dangerous, too. They broke a lot of notes time, so I know that for a fact. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, I, Mike, I, if you want to get in on the selection pool, just contact me with your name and your channel number and your URL to uh, one versus 1v1 at catfishandcrappie.com. Uh, you can always go back and, and listen to the show. I kind of went uh, over it in the beginning for, for the rest of the details. So uh, We also got Bex in the house. What's going on, Bex? How you doing, dear? Bex! <laughs> Paul Frick showed up. What's going on, Paul? Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's nothing more you can ask for than a bank spot where you can catch your bait and your fish there at the same time. Yeah. I, mean, every, I, really uh, I know that – I can't remember who it was that said third day. It might have been Lyle. It might have been Tim, one of them. It, they talked about that it's easier to snag them in the winter because they, they – school up closer together but uh for me uh in my experience i i snag them easier in the summer because they are spread out so no matter where i cast i'm gonna hit one of them because if they're schooled up then sometimes i'll have to take more than one throw to find the school now once you hit one of those biggest carp when you hit one of the great big ones in there i'm talking some of these cotton pickers get up to 20 30 pounds and you hit one of them and he starts thrashing around those carp are super spooky they will scatter, I mean, everywhere. And then you're having to wait for a little bit for them to get back together and throw again. Even even your your standard carps are the same way. I fish with a lot of baby carps live. Baby carp carps. Listen to me, baby carp live. I love using them for live bait. I got really fond of them this year. And man, I never realized how fast them fish are. If oh, I got to catch it out there, if I miss them the first time, I got to wait a good five or ten minutes for them to settle Never back. Settle down. Here. Yeah. Yep. If you ever want to have fun, you go up in one of the shallow water uh, tributaries of the Mississippi in a boat and watch them run in front of you. 
I mean, those things, I mean, they're like torpedoes going through the water and the waves coming over their back. Those things can haul butt. I'm serious. They are powerful. There's something else. Brad, thank you for sharing my link. I do have, I almost forgot to make that announcement. I finally got a merch store up. Um, If you're listening to this on podcast, again, I know I keep saying this like a dummy, but uh, I'm terrible at self-promotion. I'm just trying to remember to do it, Danny. Uh, Go to the site, catfishandcrappie.com and click on the merch link. It'll take you right to the store. If you want to get some hats, I got a whole load of hats in. Uh, I had planned to take them to the catfish conference. Unfortunately, I'm not going, so I'm going to have some hats for sale. If you're interested in them, uh, email me, contact me through the site. We can get you a hat there, too. I have a few beanies left, so those are for sale too so uh sorry to interrupt you there danny i just no, no. i'm definitely gonna have to hit you up on that because here lately you can't click on a single cotton picking live stream everybody's wearing a catfish and crappie hat and i said i'm the man am i the only one left that doesn't have a catfish and crappie hat you see this, hat I'm you see this hat i'm wearing here this is a one of a kind yeah. and the reason why it's only going to be a one of a kind is because it's solid black danny and you know how solid black gets hot in the summer oh my god yeah it's a winter hat, but I'd rather wear my beanies, but they're good. Yeah. You wear that out in the sun, it's going to fry your head like what? Yeah. Bacon. This, this is my dress hat. This is when I'm getting dressed up to go out on the town. I'll wear this sucker. So hopefully we'll have some more designs and stuff going anyways. Uh, so you wanted to talk a little bit. We're, 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 see, Danny, I knew this was going to be a great show. I already had an hour, but you did want to talk a little bit about your journey into uh, um, um Finding the light, seeing the light, the seeing yeah. light to say. Here's the thing, and they got to understand this, and they're going to have to forgive me for my past discretions, okay? We, we grew up poor. We grew up really poor. My dad was disabled, and uh, we they had us kids out hunting when most people would have said, that kid's got no business with a gun. But we were out squirrel hunting. We used to, uh, the small ditches around our, our, our property and stuff, me and my brothers go down and kick our shoes off because it was the only pair of shoes we had to wear to school. We had one pair of tennis shoes. We'd go barefooted and wade the creeks and gig carp. And we would, uh, mom would pressure cook those carp and make like salmon patties out of them. And we ate squirrel, rabbit. Catfish was a delicacy. If you could land a catfish, but there was no such thing as turn anything loose because that was food, food, food. I was raised that way. Now, I, I, I stayed that way all the way up till about three or four years ago because I've got a lot of past videos that I that were on Facebook that I thought about putting on YouTube but I didn't because those fish would be getting thrown in a cooler and probably and I mean some of them are you know 10 15 20 pound fish and they go oh my god why are you taking that big fish home uh they're not fit to eat when they're that big well first off I beg to differ all catfish are delicious if prepared properly but that was a waste and it's something that I, uh, I regret uh, deeply. And y'all forgive me because I've seen the light. And, and I only keep, uh, if I want some catfish, I'll keep, generally I'll keep channel cat. And I don't like anything over two pounds myself. I like them to be about a pound and a half, two pounds, where I can play them out. And you don't have to cut the fillet up. You may have to take a little mud line out there. But when the whole fillet is the size that you want, you don't have to cut it up. That's the perfect eating fish right there. But I yeah, was at a stage of my life where it was uh, catch it and kill it, catch it and kill it. And I've got a lot of videos that you guys will never mm-hmm. see because it was mass murder, I'm telling you. But 
we're not we don't do that anymore so forgive me for my past discretions i ask you that and just watch my show and enjoy what we do and and you'll see a whole uh different conservative side of danny stone just like you saw with the pie balls i had a ton of people call me after i released that fish and they were going what were you thinking do you realize how many, how much money somebody would have paid you for that to put in an aquarium? Do you realize you could have took that to Bass Pro Shops? Yeah, but, but I do know that. And I knew that before I released the fish. I know what that fish is worth on the open market if I want to sell it. That fish wasn't for sale, for one. Number two, that fish was already starting to turn pink. And there was no way that I was going to be able to keep that fish alive to get it to them people. The common sense thing to do, the right thing was to do was to get it back in the water as fast as possible. There was no dollar sign that was going to buy that fish that day. I promise you that because the life of the fish was at stake. And plus I gave that fish to Amy Evans. It wasn't mine to sell. Can you, imagine if you caught that fish again. Could you imagine? There would be no mistake in it, would it? On a freaking live stream? Oh, my God. Dude. Um, It'll give you something to talk about. Like, will we catch the... the, the do you know the, how many people... <laughs> there would be people coming out of woodwork and say, oh, man, there's something fishy here, and it ain't that fish, you know? <laughs> because what are the odds of that happening, you know? See, Lyle over at Catfish would be saying, thank you for that, Danny. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he uh, really... Took it to heart the fact that you're able to to say what you did on here and 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 change your ways and stuff and and the fact that you put that fish back in the water pretty much proves it to me. So yeah, I mean you'll you'll see every every big fish I caught last year. You'll you'll see I released it. You know, I, I did go one trip last year with a friend of mine uh, who uh, let's just say they're not that well off, and we took some. Uh, there was three fish that he wanted that day and uh i think the smallest one was like 10 pounds and the biggest one was like 16 which i you know i, I told him said man you know let's try to get you some little ones he said dude he said i can take these three fish i can cut them up clean them get the mud line on them he said i can pack them in the freezer and he said i got meals for a month and i'm like okay take them home with you yeah, within the regulations and stuff, you know, they're your fish to do what you do with them, you know, as far as it goes. But we definitely want to uh, uh, encourage responsible harvest. Take what you can right. eat, definitely. If you're if you're hard up or something, it's always good to have that skill uh, to go ahead and back it. And, and if you know somebody who's, who's, who's needy, go without some fillets for a couple of meals and give them up to them. You can always do that, too. That's yeah. usually the way I do it. I... Uh, um, I live in a little different area up here, up north. Uh, people are pretty, uh, um, adamant about CPR only fishing. And I have my mixed, uh, feelings on it. I'm, I consider myself a CPR angler. Um, I, I put all definitely trophy fish back. I, I keep much smaller ones than most people would think. And, and yeah, I, and I actually, I actually, did a, uh, I actually did a video where, uh, I caught, uh, small channel cats for a family that was there while I was fishing and they were very thankful for it. You know, that, that, that God bless you and all that everything. Uh, and that guy was pretty cool. He was there with his wife and his, his uh, daughter or granddaughter. I can't remember which it was. And uh, they were saying they really wanted some fish that night. And I caught them three. Uh, I caught them two channel cat and one blue. I think the biggest one was almost three pounds. 
and they were extremely thankful for it. That being said, there's about five people over there that where I fish at that they watch for my truck. And they know that I'm a catch and release fisherman. And they will come down there where I'm at and sit beside me waiting on me to catch a fish. I want that one. I want that one. I want that one. And I do make people mad because I cut a limit on them. Yep. Like, you know, this is getting ridiculous. You know, this is a, a 25, 30 pound blue cat. I will catch you a couple of channels or something like that. And you take those and be happy. And they would get mad, stomp off. I mean, cussing me because I would throw back a 20 pound fish. They would be mad. And you know what? I'm just like, suck it up, buttercup, because these is my fish and this is my rules. That's right. <laughs> Don't be greedy. This is the way I got to do it. So They, they look for my truck because they said, you know, if you go see him, he'll give you fish. Well, I said, well, you know, if I think you need them, I'll get you a few small ones. Yeah. But I am not, uh, I, I'm not running a fish market here. Um, I, that's not happening. Very cool. Uh, Apache Adventure says, what happened to the mud puppy? The mud puppy is back in the Mississippi River. I brought that thing home, and my wife almost cut my head off. <laughs> she goes, that's not going in my fish tank. <laughs> it's not happening. That was a big one, too. It was pretty huge. Yeah. Man, I've, got an aerated, I've got an aerated bait tank in the backyard that I keep all my bluegills in. So he spent the night in there, and the next day we took him back to the river. So we released him in the exact spot where we caught him at. Cool. Yeah, there's an example right there. My buddy Ryan over at Sutton Hooks and Cross Lines and says, they rip you a new one up here. You ain't kidding. Yeah. I have no problem with responsible harvest. Hey, there's Dieter. How you doing, Dieter? Dieter Melhorn in the house. What's going on? How you doing, sir? So, Danny, we're, we're well over an hour, buddy. Is there anything else you want to uh, uh, let people know? I want to tell them what to look for this year. Okay, my plan, this is my plan. And I hope these guys go along with it. Of course, you're going to see me out there on the river every weekend that I'm not working. I'm going to be out there. If there's a bunch of people live stream, I won't pile on top of another live stream. I will record it. I will make a production video because that's the way I am. You know, uh, I, I try to be respectful of people who, if, if you put out a, a, a thumbnail all week long saying, okay, I'm going to do a show Saturday morning at this time, and you've had it up all week. I'm not going to come in there on Saturday morning willy-nilly and just stomp in there. And I'm probably not going to pull your viewers anyway. But if I pull any of them away from you, I feel guilty about that. I have a camera that can record, and I can throw my production video up anytime I want. So you're going to see a, a lot of me on the river. I guarantee it. And, guys, I'll tell you something. This winter fishing has been fun, but you have not seen the best of Danny Stone. Mark my words. Because uh, – I was just getting started. I started my YouTube channel seven months ago is when I started putting videos up. And I'm still learning a lot about uh, video editing and stuff. I don't know how to do the music things and the, and the flashy little thumbnails and stuff. I don't know how to do any of that. What you get with me is raw fishing, uh, raw footage. You'll get to see me catching fish and putting up there these crappy little videos with beautiful fish on them. That's what you're going to get from me all year. And the summer is going to be a blast because we're going to do a whole bunch of shows where if the people can can hang with me, because I do this a lot, I'll go to the river right before the sun goes down, and we don't leave till the sun comes up. And we're going to set up this year and do a bunch of those all-night live streams for you guys. It's going to be fun for people that want to take a nap and wake up and see how I'm doing. We're going to do a bunch of those. Also, if I can talk them into it, what my desire is, I want to do 
a lot of shows with uh, uh, Richard Cluck from Fishing and Freedom and Jerry Parker, Parker Pursuits. I love doing team-up shows. I love it. And Jello, I want to get Jello in there with us. I, I have a good time out there fishing with the river on the river by myself. Obviously, I enjoy fishing. But to me, when you've got guys that, that are actually there with you and you're all hooking up or, or, or so-and-so's got one, let's all run down there with the camera or he's got one, let's run, then that is the best. 100% cannot be beat time of your life. Okay. Yes, I know when you're doing live stream that you got everybody in chats watching what's happening. Okay. But trust me. When you got him standing 20 feet from you on this side and 30 feet from you on that side, and somebody hooks up on a big fish, there is no thrill better. So this year, I'm going to push for him to do it. I'm pushing Parker Pursuits. I'm challenging him to do a lot more fishing shows with me and Richard Cluck, Fishing and Freedom. I'm challenging him that we team up and show these people what the Mississippi River is all about. Amen. I you know what? I want to come down there and fish too. I plan on coming down there and fishing with my boys down there. So yeah. hopefully we'll get to meet too. And Lyle says, what about me? He's upset that you didn't mention him in that. I've already mentioned Lyle. I, I, I said there, basically, I said Lyle Stokes was everything but God on that river. And I said, <laughs> I said him before anybody, I said, my dream is to one day go to the river and look up and see there was Lyle Stokes. Lyle, you might want to rewind and watch that part, brother. <laughs> that came out of my mouth a long time ago. Cool. My dream is to see Lost Stokes on the River and say, "Hey, buddy, let's fish together." And I want him to tell me. I don't want to ask him because, you know, if I ask him and he says no, I'll be devastated. <laughs> uh, he, he don't say no. If he can make it, he'll definitely make it. So, hey, yeah. I, I want to thank you, Danny, for coming on the show. You're a blast to talk to. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, thank you for sharing your story about how you've uh, uh, converted over to CPR and your your piebald catfish with the hook on its head story. That's pretty cool stuff. There's a few other things that I did want to talk to you about that I haven't forgotten about. So I'd like to have you, in true Lyle Stokes fashion, I stole this trick from Lyle. I'd like to have you on my show another time in the near future. Would you be interested in something like that? Man, I'm always up for talking to people. You know that. <laughs> Jody, ask Jody. I never shut up. <laughs> this is true. I want to remind everybody that Danny's links are in the description, both here on YouTube and on the podcast. So if you could please go over to Danny's channel, check out the videos that we've been talking about. Check him out. He's very uh, colorful, and I mean that in a, a great way, Danny. Uh, he'll, he'll definitely keep you entertained, and he'll show you some great Mississippi fish, whether they're channel cats, flatheads, or, or, or piebald blues even. We're going to get hey. We're going to get another one of those this year. I guarantee it because we're going to be putting twice as much time on the river. I can promise you right now, you will see another pie ball out of that section of the Mississippi River this year. Careful what you Thank promise, on it. man. Careful Thank what you promise. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm that confident in it. Bank on it. It's going to happen. I got right, everybody. anybody else. You guys have a great, great night. Again, thank you, Danny. Thank you for everybody in chat. Uh, remember to tune in uh, next Monday night. We're going to do the selections for the one versus one tournament. Um, we're going to get started with that. So if you did put your name in on it, um, please be there. Uh, have your phone ready so you can go on there to make your selections. So tune in next next week, next, next Monday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we'll be there. Obviously, the usual sub sub. Usual suspects this week, like LG Bass, 
um, with his Lord of the Explorer this week at 10 p.m. He just posted that in there. Uh, we got the the nightly shows, and and I'm gonna say Bullhead one last time, all on my own, Danny. There you go, brother. Thank you, everybody. Have a great night. Stay blessed. Happy Valentine's Day. Bacon. <laughs> Get it in there. <laughs>